0: Good morning. Come on, somebody. Welcome to church. Man, I am so excited to be here with you this morning. My name is Ben Chapman. I'm one of the pastors here at Luminous, and we have been on a vacation for the last couple of weeks, and it's been pretty fantastic and so much so i didn't want to come back not because i don't enjoy you but because i enjoy the beach as well and and i get to see you all all year i get to see the beach just a couple of days and so uh anyway i hope that you're getting away with your your friends and your family this summer that you're going somewhere that you're getting refreshed and restored that's that's definitely a biblical principle it's something that god would commission you to do ask you to do is go Refresh yourself. And so you have permission in this church to do that. And if we don't see you next Sunday, we'll see you the Sunday after. So no worries at all. It's going to be awesome. I want to I want to just talk about a couple of things. Um as you get your Bibles out or your phones out, turn to Titus chapter three. That's where we're going to be momentarily. Titus chapter three. And and so we're really excited about diving into that, and it's been a, this has been an ongoing series over the last couple months. I started in the end of May, and then Alyssa Bear brought Titus chapter two a couple of weeks ago, representing all the ladies in the house, as well as the men, because ladies can represent both, you know, it's just like men can represent both. Uh, please don't, if you're, if you're a female, don't turn me off this morning, because I'm a male, that's, that's not what we're asking, but it was great having a, another voice up here, and then and then Todd Chapman uh, did a great job, no relation, we're not related at all, but um, coincidentally we have the same last name, and and he did uh, just a tremendous job last week. And, and so Alyssa talked about Titus chapter 2 and talked about how um, when you operate in God's grace, you're able to accomplish his will for your life. You're able to accomplish his will for your life in different areas. So how do you tap into God's grace in different areas of your life for others and for yourself? need me for God. And so, so just an amazing job. And then Tad said that um, heaven without God is no heaven at all, uh, was a big takeaway last week. And, and so really just pointing us to Jesus and who he is. And, and Titus chapter three, I think is going to be so relevant for us as we just talk about um, um, this, this book. Now, now, Titus is a Greek who is now a Christian, and he was, he was uh, sent out by Paul to different places to do ministry with Paul, to, to oversee the church and help the church build, and and on the island of Crete, there was, there was chaos. The, 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 the gospel was going forward, but the gospel without instruction sometimes gets manipulated because people uh, have power struggles. They put their own interest in mind. We read that in chapter 1 and read about how people are greedy for power. They're greedy for money. And, and, and so he needed to set the stage and set it right. And so in Titus chapter 1, we have, we have this moment where, where, where Paul's instructing Titus to set in elders on this island and, and, and start positioning the church in these house churches in right order so that they may look more like Jesus. And Titus chapter 2, as I said, was about grace and how to operate in that grace in order to fulfill your kingdom mandate in your family and what God has there. Titus chapter 3, we definitely need a lot of um, preface, we need a preface here because when we read it at first, we're going to be a little shot. Um, uh, you know, Tad, last week, you know, was definitely talking about growing up and maybe religion or law, talked about maybe some works, and, and as we get in Titus chapter 3, we're going to see that, there's, that behavior really does matter. Um, behavior matters, and so we need to read that. But before we do, because I'm jumping right into the sermon because I'm out of practice and haven't been up here in a couple of weeks, I want to tell you a couple of things. First, first, I want to tell you that next Sunday, we're still going to be at one service next Sunday. But everybody say, the Sunday after, Sunday after. we're going to be at two services. So we're going to be at two services back to 930 and 11 on August 11th, I believe, on August 11th, which is also coincidentally my wife's birthday so praise God we'll celebrate her double we'll celebrate her double that's what we're doing a double portion for you love and so we're gonna be that I'm super excited about that I also want to let you know that tonight at 6 p.m everybody say six o'clock we have an Engage the Spirit. Now, if you don't know what that is, sometimes it's an extended time of worship to set in God's presence, or sometimes we we have a teaching on who is the Holy Spirit, and sometimes we have an impartation of gifts and being able to share the gifts of the Holy Spirit with the church for the edification of the body. And so tonight, we're going to talk about um, um, a, a, theor- a doctrinal truth of what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, or immersed with the Holy Spirit would be a maybe a another word or filled with the Holy Spirit so there's going to be a a a teaching by Bill Avery who's who I think is on a plane right now to come teach tonight and teach about what this looks like so that one you can have a better understanding and then two maybe be able to um receive prayer to be released in that maybe more so that's what's happening tonight we encourage you to come and so so Titus chapter three, here, here we go. and this is, this is a pastor who is ADD up here, praise God. <laughs> uh, Titus chapter chapter three, we, we have to see that, that right belief precedes right behavior. Well, right belief precedes right behavior. It's important to know um, that, that our belief in God, the belief in who he is, is is so important and it has to precede behavior because if you have this behavioral thing, then you think that somehow you cleaning up and this behavioral modification will get you to God, but it doesn't. It's, it's a right belief and then follows behavior. And so Donovan Golden, who, who's a pastor at the, the Stone in Austin, he has three Three lenses or three things that he looks at God um, through, and it's important to apply that when you read Scripture. And so the first thing that he says is number one is God is good. You have to believe that God is good. Whenever you approach Scripture. Whenever you approach life, you have to believe that God is good, that there is no bad in God. And therefore, um, that is a very important stance when it comes to belief in God. The second thing he says, God's speaking is his doing. Every time God speaks, he's going to follow through on what he's promised. And this is a good dad Uh, unlike me, sometimes a bad dad, where I say, Benson, we'll play that game in a little bit. And what do I do? I'm distracting him. It was misdirection, so I could do something selfish on my own accord and not play the game with him, hoping that he will forget. But how many know, kids, do not forget. He's a good dad, and when he says something, his promise is true, and he's going to follow through on that promise. So we have to know that God is good, and when he speaks... There's going to be follow through. And the third thing we need to know, God's way for us to live is for our flourishing and for his glory. God's way for us to live in this life is for our flourishing so that we would flourish as believers and for his glory. You have to look at those three things about God, those three characteristics, because if not, you're going to approach scripture and sometimes be unrightly offended, if you will. I say unrightly or unjustly offended because you may be perceiving God as not one of those three. You may read Scripture in such a way where, where it feels like, man, God is mean. God is angry. God's jacked up. Why did God do that? Well, well, God is jacked up if you don't know who God is. you know? If you're just reading Him out of context or in a blip or not know the overall picture, then we'll miss. We'll miss what God has for us. So in Titus chapter three, this is Paul talking to Crete and he's talking to the island and talking about how to identify or, or navigate your way in the culture. How many of you know that it's challenging in our culture right now? Uh, would anybody agree with that? Different challenges in our culture. Uh, different challenges on on maybe what race you are or what gender you are. Different challenges um, and and challenges go all different ways. And I would say that all of us have some sort of challenge to navigate this culture. It hasn't changed much over the last over the last couple thousand years. It hasn't really changed that much. And and this was happening in Crete where it was hard to navigate the culture. I mean, I mean, think about it. Is is you had. The church was moving, and all of a sudden, they were associating things with Zeus, with Jesus. They, they, were, they, were polluting, they were polluting the religion. They were interchanging it with different beliefs, and all of a sudden, they started believing certain ways about Jesus that were not biblical, that were not true, that, that this was happening because of their culture, and we do it today. Um, through our cultural lens, we look at the Bible and look at Scripture, and we start interpreting things our own way or, or, or trying to maybe rewrite it, right, in our own commentary, and and so this is what's happening. In Titus 3.1, it says this. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always be gentle towards everyone. Remind, reminder, reminder. Anybody have a reminder on their phone? You know, it's like, it's like the busier you are, the more responsibility you have, the more reminders you need. How many know that's true? It's like, I used to could remember what my wife told me before kids, but now with kids and leading a church and being busy and, and new relationships, I can't remember everything that she tells me. So I have to set up reminders and, and the busier we are, we have to set up reminders. I'm going to tell you that in our culture, we're, we're flooded with information. We're flooded with information. There is information coming at you in every which way. I could spend all day reading the Apple newsfeed. Anybody read that? Uh, read the newsfeed, And it changes every day. I can never know what's really going on in the world because it's always changing. And, and because we're flooded with so much, we need reminders. We need reminders on how to act because we forget. Isn't it crazy that he starts Titus chapter 3 with this? Remind... The Christians, those who are in Christ, remind them to be subject to the rulers and the governing powers. Remind them to be subject to that. Why is that? Because we get caught up in culture. We get caught up in the wave. We get caught up in the news feeds where we want to chase the next headline where all of a sudden we are justified to rebel against authority and rebel against the rulers. So he is saying, hey, I want to remind you, you're subject to the rulers, to the authorities, that which is in power, you're subject to them. It doesn't necessarily mean you agree with everything. How I many are going to get an amen? You know, I mean, we may not agree on immigration and we may not agree on tax law and we may not agree on all this stuff, but you are subject and are submitted to that governing authority it's because of this. In Colossians 4, 5, it says, Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And then First Peter 2, 12 says, Live such good lives among the pagans, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. That oftentimes we see Paul and Peter, they're in this agreement where we must both submit to the ruling powers. And Paul and Peter didn't always agree. You know, they, they had some different philosophies of ministry. But the one thing that they did agree on is we must come under the rule of the emperor. We must come under the rule of law. And why? Why do we need to do this? This is, this is really the big question. The Why? Uh, if, you, if you worked with toddlers at all, in any capacity, whether working in, in, in our um, kids' ministry at Luminous Kids or, or you doing it in the workplace or whatever, well, what's the number one thing that toddlers ask? Why? Why? Hey, go do this. Why? Why? Uh, some of us, they're, 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 they're curious about the world. They're trying to explore the world. They're trying to get discovery. But I'm going to tell you, with, without a why, it's really hard to have a heart. Of intention, it's really hard to be intentional without a why. Uh, think about it. You know, if you're putting together a structure, putting together maybe a a building or something, and and they didn't tell you really what the structure was for. What, what do you do? You you work hard. You, some of you have integrity, so you you, you know you're you're pretty. You know, you, 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 you do it and, and it's amazing. But, but if you're like me, I, if I don't really know what the structure for, I'm, I'm just going to kind of do the minimal work, you know, just kind of tweak it here and torque it a little bit and do this. And I may over torque something and under torque other things. But, but if I knew I was putting together my, uh, uh, my, my first son's baby crib, for instance, and, and I knew this was where he was going to sleep at night. All of a sudden, the the why becomes more important to me. Why does this structure need to be put in place in the way the instructions tell? Because if not, my son could lose his life in this crib, right? If if not, it could really cost me something. So, So when you're putting together a structure like that and you know the why, all of a sudden you are intentional. You're like, oh, hand tighten this. Okay, well, was that hand tight? Hey, babe, come over here. Is that, is that hand tight or should it be tighter, you know? I don't know, you know? And, and, and so you start putting things together with more purpose and more meaning. And the why is so important. And when we realize that God is instructing his church to be submitted to the governing authorities, it's important to know the why, isn't it? it it's enough for him not to tell us why. It's enough for him to just say, submit or do it. It's enough for, for any parent to say, because I said so, right? <laughs> any dads do that? Because I said so, boy, if you don't do it, it's consequences. But, but it's important to know the why, the intent. And here's why. Because God cares a whole lot about his gospel and the good news being spread to the ends of the earth. He he, he actually has made it one of his number one missions is that the gospel would go forth to the ends of the earth and that it would be told to every tribe, tongue and language that people would follow Jesus. This is a really big deal to God is I want people to follow Jesus. And and the best way that people can follow Jesus is when you aren't divisive, but you're submissive. When you live a faithful, diligent life of loving your spouse, loving your friends, loving your parents, and submitting to the rule of law, submitting to what is governed, submitting to that, it helps you spread the gospel. How many conversations are happening in the coffee shops, around the restaurant tables about blue versus red? How many conversations are happening about the next political wave or policy that's going to happen? How many disagreements are, are, are brought about amongst people because of these things? And so, so, so he's saying, hey, hey Luminous, I, I just want you to submit to the law of land. I want you to submit to it because as you submit to it and you love life well, you're going to be able to spread the gospel. You're going to be able to share the good news all of a sudden our conversations become gospel conversations versus governmental conversations i will say this little tangent it doesn't mean that we shouldn't have godly people in government godly people you know who are lawyers and teachers and godly people who are who are influential i'm not i'm not saying that what i am saying though for us in this room if we submit to the governing authority then we're going to be able to spread the gospel to our neighbors Spread the gospel to those around us. Spread the good news. This is the intent of this moment. 1 Peter 2.13 says this, Submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether the emperor as the supreme authority or to the governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. And as we do this, God is glorified. As we do this, God, the message of the gospel is going forth. The message of the gospel. What's been our chatter lately? What's been our conversations? What's been our talk? Are we letting things divide us or are we going to let God and his gospel unite us? Verse two of of Titus says, to slander no one, to be peaceful and consider and always be gentle towards everyone. Gentleness, this meekness, this meekness that that all of us are influential in this room. We have a level of influence. Well, whether you like it or not, you have some, some but of his responsibility maybe for those around you, and you, you influence them, and, and he says, be meek, be gentle, right? Well, uh, power, when power is used to control others, it's called abuse, right? And so this is what he's saying is, you have a level of power, so be meek and gentle in that influential power that you have that you would love other people all around you and that you would remember this, that you would remember this. Verse 3, at one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another another, I want you to remember. I want to remind you of what you should do, and I want you to remember what you've been saved from. How many of you know and are thankful that you are saved from some stuff, right? If you're like me, I grew up in a Christian household. I didn't do a whole lot of bad things, right? It wasn't like a, like a huge, you know, um, moral uh, law that I was breaking, I, although I did do some stuff, but it wasn't a lot, and so I, I had a I had to go back, and every time I read one of these scriptures, I have to remind myself of, of what I'm supposed to do on mission, but I have to remember what I'm saved from. Now, somebody who grew up in a church, it's hard to remember like a whole list. I was never a drug addict, never alcoholic. You know, I wasn't a sexaholic. I, you know, I wasn't any of that, right? So I didn't do any of that. So what was I saved from? So I remember writing a list. And I, I, I don't know. I would encourage you to do this. Uh, write a list maybe if you're like me and you grew up in church and I just I just wrote a list I just asked Jesus one simple question God who would I have become without you I, I was just wanting to know who who would I become without you who was I going to become who would I have turned into and I started writing this list and and it was a dirty list it was gross All of a sudden, I started getting gross in my stomach, like, oh my goodness, that's the type of guy I was. Because I knew some of my propensities, you know, some of my leanings. And I knew if I chased those propensities to the nth degree, then I realized what they would grow up to be and manifest itself. So as a result, I wrote this list, and it just gave me a huge heart of gratitude and thankfulness that God saved me. That God saved me. You see, when you remember what you're saved from, then you you're reminded of how the gospel comes into your life. And this is what happens in verse four through seven is is we get to we get to preach the gospel to ourselves. This this little poem right here in this chapter says this But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. When I remember what I could have been and, and even re- and remember what I did do. I, I, I come and I preach the gospel and I remind myself that he saved me saved us he saved us he he saved us from ourselves how many of you just would love to be saved from yourself because yourself is very selfish and it's leading to dark places and, and not did not only did he save me but i'm an heir an heir It's amazing to be an heir of something, to to grab an inheritance, to be an heir of. Some of you have amazing mothers and fathers in here, and you're an heir to, to this inheritance and this family tree and this legacy that's so amazing. But how much greater is it to be an heir of God? An heir of the king of kings and the lord of lords. An heir of of heaven and earth. An heir who inherits, uh, who who has given us an abundance of inheritance. It's it's amazing that we're an heir and I have to remind myself that I'm an heir. I have to remind myself that I'm saved. Because when I remind myself, it gives me right perspective on how to treat others. Verse 8. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trust in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone, that we have to remind ourselves that there is some good that we are called to do and called to live by. There's some good. Now, belief comes before doing. We believe in God. We believe what He's doing in our lives. But now there is this behavior, this there's this living that we are called to. In Titus one, two, and three, and it talks about the living that we should live in Christ and how we should live as heirs, how we should live as sons and daughters. In Titus chapter two, you got to realize that there, were, there was there was everybody was just sleeping around. No one was committed to marriage. No one, the whole idea of being faithful to one person for the rest of their life, that is absurd. That's crazy. Does that sound familiar? It, this was happening 2,000 years ago that, that, that people were, were acting unbecomingly and, and they, weren't, they weren't acting godly. And all of a sudden, Titus was instructed go into the church and remind them that it's belief. Remind them of who they are in Christ. Remind them that. But realize that the way they live, And the way they keep preaching the gospel to themselves matters. It matters for those who are around them. It matters for the culture and the society they're in. It matters. And I just want to tell you, church, it matters how you live. It matters. We read it epistle after epistle, letter after letter. We read Jesus' instructions. He forgives the woman caught in adultery. He, He forgives her of all this grossness. He extends grace and love. And what does he say? Go and sin no more go and say no more. Of course, through the regeneration of the Holy Spirit, she was going to be cleansed and pure. And of course, she was going to walk in faith in Christ, which was going to make her pure and holy. But there was going to be this behavioral change that happens in her life because of the belief that preceded it in your life as you grow in Christ. There will be this behavior change and all of a sudden you're going to look a little bit differently as people are talking about red and blue lines and they're talking about different things and unethical things and immoral things and and things that, that debauchery and all this stuff. As they talk about that, you're going to not judge or condemn, but you're going to live above and beyond and you're going to live to this place that God has called you to this holiness of becoming more like Jesus because this is what he wants for you to be more like him. He wants you to be more like him. The way we become more like him is when we preach this gospel to ourselves. that I wasn't saved by works, but I was saved because he gave it to me. I was saved because I'm an heir just because I'm his. And as you know your sonship and your daughtership and who you are in Christ, all of a sudden you're like, man, I love Jesus. I love this life. I love being faithful to my wife. I love it. Because God is so faithful to me, I can be faithful to her. Because God is so faithful to me, I can be faithful to my kids. Because God is so faithful to me, I can be faithful to my workplace. Because God is so generous and faithful to me, I can can submit to the governing authority so that the gospel would go forth so that maybe some would come to know Jesus and his saving love and grace and, and be captivated by this love. Verse nine, but avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law because these are unprofitable and useless. Warn a divisive person once and then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. Wow, this seems harsh. You may be sure that such people are warped and sinful. They are self-condemned. See, Paul was so serious about this as he's instructing Titus. He's saying, I want you to live so above I want you to. I want you to live godly lives. I want you to love each other, and I want you to work hard, and I want you I want you to take care of the land and take care of the business, and I want you to grow it, and I want you to provide inheritance for your children's children. I want all this. It's going to be amazing what God does. I want you to be faithful to one person. I don't want you to keep going from person to person to person. I want you to commit and sell out. I want you to be faithful in your singleness and trust me and trust the process and trust what I want to do through. You. I want you to be faithful in that. This is, this is his cry. This is his heart. But, but, but if somebody comes and they're divisive and they're, they're trying to tear that up in you, be careful how you associate with them. Be, be wise because too much divisiveness will divide your loyalty between us, between God and you. So just be careful about that. Well, walk as wise, not unwise. Just use wisdom in that. And that's what I encourage you. Use wisdom on how you walk. Use wisdom on how, how you approach those who are outside, those who are dividing. And, and, and I would even say this, it's not just those, really those on outside, but it's those who are inside, those who call themselves believers but really have no form of godliness in them. But avoid... Verse 12, as soon as I send Artemis and take a kiss to you, do your best to come to me to Nicopolis because I have decided to winter there. Do everything you can to help Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way and see that they have everything they need. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. And as we're following Jesus he's given us a missional strategy and this is really what it was in, in Crete Crete was this port city people were coming and going from Crete all the time kind of feels like luminous you know we have military in here we have students in here we have we have people coming and going all the time it's a very influential city and place and strategic of of how we are going to put gospel communities in this in this place and there's a missionary strategy in this Place and the missionary strategy is this you, you must learn to do what is good so that you can win some. You must learn how to live for Jesus and how to walk with Jesus so that you can win some. Um, you know, here is the thing is God's mandate is for us to make disciples. Go therefore and make disciples, not not relegated to Pastor Ben only, not relegated to, to Keaton, our youth director, not relegated to certain people, it's for all of us to go and make disciples. In order to make something, you must know what it is. You must know what it is and you must know how to do it. So if I'm going to teach somebody and impart something into somebody, I must be living this life as well. So, so what we need to do is we need to read a chapter, John chapter 1. And then we need to go tell our neighbor about John chapter one. In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And and we need to start reading John chapter one. And then I say, hey, let's read this together. And then I'm reading chapter two. And then I'm like, hey, let me let's read chapter two. And you stay one chapter ahead, one step ahead. And you start making disciples and start, start, start replicating the Jesus that's inside of you into other people. It's what we're called to do. It's a strategy that God has given the church. He's given it not just here, but he gave it here to Titus. And this is what Titus is is doing. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good. Our people, Lunas, must learn to devote themselves in doing what is good. What is good? God is good. They must learn to devote themselves to God and who he is and his teaching and his way. In order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. In order to provide for urgent needs. Needs. There's an urgency. There's an urgency. I know we read in some of these ancient texts, and we feel like the urgency's gone. Sometimes we read these ancient texts, and we like, man, it, it, this is 2,000 years ago letter. Why is it urgent? I'm telling you, it's urgent. It's urgent. If God is who he says he is, if he's going to fulfill his promise, that means that he will return. That means he will come back. And he's coming back for his bride, his church. And we have to fulfill the urgent needs that are in our community, that are in our walks of life, that are in our spirits. What is the needs in your community? The needs are those who do not know the gospel. There is no greater need than the lack of gospel in somebody's life. There is no greater need than somebody not knowing Jesus. So we must, we must start sharing the gospel and teach them how to follow. And lastly, to close, everyone with me sends you greetings. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Grace be with you all. It's only by grace that we live, we're able to live. Would you stand with me this morning? I I, I think about uh, Titus, and I think about the Cretans. I think about this society. I think about. I think about how this society was was really not a lot different than our society. It wasn't that much different. I mean, there was still people bringing corals. There was still people doing things for the wrong motives, the wrong motivations. There there were people who didn't know how to live, and there was people who gave themselves to their self-interest and their own their own their own gods. So it's not much different. So we have to remind ourselves of what God has called us to do and how he's called us to live. We have to remind ourselves to do good. It's crazy. You have to have a reminder of that. If I don't remind myself, I will do bad and not do good. I will do whatever seems right to me but not right to him. I have to remind myself. And so maybe this week you need to get out your, your reminder and you just need to put in there, hey, love somebody this week. Hey, pay for something this week for somebody. Maybe it's a reminder of pray for the urgent need that's around you. Pray for the need that is around you right now. And ask God how to meet that need. Maybe that's your reminder. But, but, but if, you're, if you're not convinced to write that down this week, then I would encourage you to remember. Remember what Christ has saved you from. Remember that you're an heir. Remember who He is, and as you remember, you'll be reminded. As you remember, you'll start living, and you'll start doing, because the grace overwhelming extends grace unending. Can I pray for you this morning, Father? I just I thank you for your church. I thank you for who you are, Holy Spirit. And God, as we begin to close this morning, I pray, God, that you would just Renew us. Renew us by the washing of your word. Renew us right now. Father God, as, as Lord, there there is no new thing under the sun, but today we are we are reminded of who you are, Jesus, and what you have done for us. And I want to extend an invitation as every head is bowed and every eyes closed. If you have never remember Jesus in his saving grace because you've never experienced Jesus in his saving grace and how he saved you. But today you want to be saved. Today you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And I just want to invite you to raise your hand so I can pray for you. If that's anybody in here, thank you Lord so much. For anybody who has been having a hard time being reminded lately to do good to love the lord their god with all their heart mind and soul to love others as they love themselves if that's you and you just needed to be reminded today would you raise your hand just so i could pray for you jesus i thank you father for every hand raised i thank you holy spirit how you're moving mountains you're moving mountains by the faith of hands raised. God, that there would be reminders set in place that we would not forget the mission, that we not forget the strategy that you have placed from heaven, kingdom strategy on earth to love people. So Lord, remind us, I pray for a reminder right now, not condemnation, not guilt, but a friendly nudge to more of you Jesus a friendly nudge to more of Jesus in our lives